Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Hive Podcast, introducing you to the EXP Realty trailblazers and newsmakers that are aligning under one brokerage and creating a movement in the real estate industry. I'm your Hive host, Sam Rodriguez. What is all the buzz? All right. Well, good morning, everybody. A good afternoon to our friends on the East Coast. Uh, my name is Sam Rodriguez, and I'm the Vice President of U.S. Growth and International Expansion here with the XP. Uh, we are excited to bring back, I know we took a week off for shareholders last week, uh, bring back the Rev Up class. We get to bring you special guest after special guest, week in and week out, sharing their success stories. Uh, and and uh, successes sometimes mean there's some, some, uh, some failures on the way. Uh, nothing wrong with that. And uh, getting the, I'm very excited to be able to, to introduce uh, Marguerite. Good morning, Marguerite. Thanks so much for sh- uh, sh- uh, showing up as our guest here this morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. I, you know, we've had a chance to do some of these in, in live events. I've been able to do some lunch and learn side by, uh, by your side. And uh, Marguerite, your, your story is one of my favorite stories. I, I can't believe it's taken us this long to get you up on stage here. Oh, <laughs> uh, no worries. So, uh, Marguerite, I, I'm going to let you share um, kind of maybe uh, your, your journey, you know, kind of prior to EXP. We'll, we'll, um, you know, this session is all about uh, sharing your tips uh, for success for agent attraction here at EXP. Um, but prior to EXP, you've been your own uh, broker owner. You've been doing this a long time, coaching, training, attracting, <coughs> selling a ton of real estate. Uh, so I'm going to let you share maybe a little bit, you know, kind of life prior, prior to EXP, kind of your journey. Sorry about that, the joys of working from home. That's all right. (laughs) I love to get out of control. Um, So thank you, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. And Sam, it's been so much time getting to hang out with you uh, the last couple years and getting to know you and how awesome you are. And so I'll tell you that uh, I'll go way back, but I'll make it brief. I got into real estate in 1993, 27 years ago. And... Uh, I originally got in because I had a young son at home and I was going to get in to do loans. My husband was in the mortgage business and interest rates had dropped to an all-time low of 8%. (laughs) And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, they're never going to get any lower than that, right? Now that they're in the twos and and threes, it's kind of crazy. But I did loans for about a year and I hated it. Um, With all due respect to any lenders who are out there, uh, loans was not for me. You guys have one of the toughest toughest jobs out there. And can you guys hear me okay? I hear you great. Okay, good. And so I did loans for about a year, no fun. I went to work as an assistant. I had another baby now and one on the way. I went to work as an assistant for a top producing um, REO broker. And his phone would ring like crazy and he'd say, I go, what do I do? And he goes, well, answer the phone. I was like, okay. So I'd answer the phone. I go, they want to see houses. What do I do? He goes, well, go show them houses. I was like, okay. And then they would say, I want to write a contract. What do I do? And he goes, well, write up a contract. I was like, okay. <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing, but I ended up selling 18 houses in my first six months. And wow. I said, I think I really like the real estate side. And so like many uh, overconfident, quickly successful, uh, egotistical control freak type people, I said, I'm going to go open my own brokerage. So that's a smart thing to do when you've been in real estate like a year. <laughs> Not so smart, but I did. I opened my own brokerage in January of 1996, and I was independent for about 10 years. And if any of you remember around 2006, what happened is our market went to heck in a handbasket. And so I went into the REO arena and learned a little bit about REO, Came uh, top uh, REO broker at the time. And in 2009, I thought, well, what's going to be after REOs? Because I really only thought they were going to last a couple of years, little did I know. But I decided to buy a franchise. Now, I thought that would be the smart thing to do. We opened three offices, uh, spent about 75 grand in franchise fees, 8,000 square feet, tons of expenses, uh, 22 staff people. I could go on and on and on. And we did build that brokerage to 120 agents which again, by most standards, would be hugely successful. Except when it came time to look at the option of selling that brokerage, I had to pull my personal production out of the equation. And when I pulled my personal production out of that equation, the brokerage was hemorrhaging money, losing money at a rapid pace. In other words, I was working my hiney off to uh, effectively have um, 
an office for 120 agents, right? And paying the bill for them. So January of 2015, we got out of our brokerage. We tried to sell it, but we were not able to sell it because again, when you pull my production out, plus we were locked into a franchise agreement and the franchise was not willing to let us out. We were their largest franchise in the country at the time. So we actually just walked in one day and I said, none of this is worth it. I'm closing my doors and shut the doors to our brokerage. About 20 of our agents said, we are not leaving. We'll go wherever you are. All the rest scattered to local brokerages around the area. And we went back to being independent. So we were independent for a couple of years. I got recruited by everybody and none of those models made sense. I looked at them and I said, I don't need your brand. I do enough business on my own. I don't need all of your marketing materials and all the stuff that you have. I don't need any of that. So why would I join your company? I literally had no intentions of ever joining another company again. I said, I won't do it. There's no reason for me to do it. And then my good friend Brent Gove came along in October of 2016. He said, Marguerite, I just want to get your opinion. Would you please just look at this model? I'm like, Brent, I love you, man. You're one of my favorite people on the planet, but I'm not going anywhere. I wish you the best. So a couple days later, he calls and goes, hey, do you want to go to lunch? And I said, where are you? He goes, across the street. So we walked across the street, Taco Tuesday, and we spent about an hour talking about me. He didn't even bring up EXP. And then he said, hey, will you do me a favor? I said, what's this EXP thing? He goes, do me a favor. Will you just come watch this brief webinar tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock? Don't be late. Bring your husband. Let's sit and go over it. And I'm like, oh, Brandon goes, will you just do me a favor? Just do it as a favor. I said, all right. So I went to watch the webinar, and I do have to tell you about 15 minutes in, I said, wow, this is a game changer. I looked at my husband. I had tears in my eyes. I said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really want to do this. So my husband and I went home. We talked. We're like, how are we going to tell our 20 agents we're moving again? And we finally looked at the end of the day and said, look, we need to do what is best for us. And hopefully other people will see that it's best for them as well. So we came to EXP. About 10 of our agents came with us. And it has been truly the best decision uh, I've made in my 27-year career. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I've never seen the collaboration, the support. Um, it's a recovering control freak to be able to get um, all of the help that I need from people like Sam, like Brent, like the amazing staff we have here at EXP, um, people like Jason Guessing, who's favorite people on the planet, um, Glenn Sanford, just, I, I've just never seen anything like it. So over the last three and a half years, uh, we have been able to build an organization of a little over a couple hundred people through most of the states now. And I have to say in my prior brokerage, I was really only locked into my own backyard, right? I could attract anybody that was in my, within maybe, well, we had three offices, so I had about a hundred mile radius. But the costs that we incurred, we were spending over $100,000 a month to keep that boat afloat. And now our expenses are practically nothing. I'm home, as you heard, in my home office with my little dogs. My kids are all grand now. Um, and I'm able to connect and collaborate and work with people all around the world. I just I think it's one of the coolest things ever. So there you go, Sam. Love it. You there's so many uh, pieces that I and we're we're gonna kind of touch a little bit more on. Uh, you know, what one of them specifically? You talk about you know owning a franchise, and and it may I, I feel like it was Brent. I, I may be wrong. I don't. I apologize. Um, but I think Brent was one who said made a statement that you don't own a franchise. The franchise owns you. And and isn't oh, isn't that so true? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, in the, we were part of the franchise for five years. And I'll tell you that during those five years that we owned that franchise, paid them over a million dollars. And guess what? The franchise got paid off of revenue, not off of profit. And so we were dying on the vine. We were struggling with expenses and overhead and, and marketing and all that kind of stuff. But the franchise was just racking up the cash. And, you know, when we got down to the day when we were really making a decision on what to do and we went to them, we're like, look, we need some help. They're like, oh, well, you just need to recruit more. You just need to sell more houses, not 
hey, you know, can we make some concessions or can we help you financially? Now, I'm not trying to beat up franchises as a whole, but I think that the franchise model is gone the way of Blockbuster. And I just don't see how it makes sense. They didn't help me, um, they did not help me recruit. They didn't help me, I, I don't really know what they helped with. Um, and I don't want to beat up franchises as a whole, but I just, to be honest with you, I don't see in real estate how they make sense anymore. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, and again, the same thing, we're not here to pick on the franchise models, um, but, you know, as, as you know, we're, we're amidst the, still the pandemic, I know, especially out in your market, I think you're close by, um, you know, some, some nearby markets that got hit much harder, uh, but brokerages of all types, you know, right? They're not just franchises, brokerages in general, you know, it's, it's pro, pro, a lot of times it's a similar story. Uh, broker owners aren't the ones making the killing. Uh, in fact, that's uh, why the, the part of the word broker in it spells out broke. broke. <laughs> so, Marguerite, then kind of as, as you saw, uh, you know, I love hearing the story, uh, having lunch with Brent, and you saw, you saw the model, um, you were immediately sold on it. Obviously, most agents aren't that way, right? Most don't see it one time or see it right away and go, wow, I'm blown away, let's get started, um, as it sounded like you, you, uh, you, you did. Um, but you know, kind of walking through that journey, did, did you immediately make the move or, or kind of what, what happened there? Was there, you know, talk, walk us through that up until, um, you know, like you said, talking to your group, how long of a time period was, was that? Cause I think a lot of times our agents, um, or uh, say our agents, I'd say anybody, you know, a lot of us in general get very caught up on, well, I talked to them and, and they like what they saw, but they're not here yet. Well, so keep in mind, um, Sadly, our industry is not made up of business-minded people for the most part, right? Like, like we're salespeople. And so most agents don't look at it as a business. Most agents don't know their own personal numbers. They don't know how many deals they've done, how much money they made. They just go and sell houses, which is great. Except if you don't really know those numbers, you can't really budget and plan for the future, right? So if, if nothing else you guys get from this today, I hope that you really know your own personal numbers. And the beauty of the transparency of EXP is you can simply look that up by logging into Enterprise. But it, even though we made that decision that day that that's what we wanted to do, it did take us a few weeks to move because we still had an existing brokerage. So we had a, a brokerage we had to wind down. And so we had to sit down, first of all, and make the decision for us. That was number one. Joe and I had to really talk and say, okay, are we willing to do this? Does this make sense? I also talked to a lot of other people. As much as I love Brent, I wanted to hear it from other people too. At that time, we had Vicki Bartholomew, who was the president. I spent time on the phone with her. I spent time with Jason. I actually, you know, had talked to Glenn. Um, I talked to a lot of different people within EXP because keep in mind you guys when i joined the xp in 2016 there were only 1400 agents across the country we weren't we weren't even in all 50 states at the time so i was scared of making a bad decision i was like okay is this like one of those virtual where you're never going to talk to anybody or get any help that you need and i had ran my own show for so long that I, the thought of having somebody else be in charge was giving me a little bit of a anxiety um and but then i actually looked at letting go of a lot of the responsibilities that I had been doing and being able to get back to the stuff that I love, which was being in front of people and selling houses and helping agents around the country. When I saw that, I was like, okay, this is a no brainer, but it did take some time. And, um, we had to figure out how to structure, how to move, how to, let people know what we were doing, how to, you know, get some of our marketing stuff in place. It took us a little bit of time. So it did take me about a month. I think my actual official uh, date is December 1st in the system. And we saw it uh, the beginning, the middle of August, uh, October when Brett joined. Um, so there was a lot of moving parts and pieces when you are a brokerage, but there's also a lot of moving parts and pieces when you're an agent. And the more that you as agents sponsoring them can help them through those details and help them see what it will be like on the other side. Like there's a famous saying, you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough, which means anything worth having, it's like remodeling. Imagine remodeling your kitchen. It's a disaster for a period of time. But then when you look at the final product, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. And 
that's the same thing that happened for us at the brokerage. And, you know, back then too, we didn't have a lot of the systems in place. So it was some huge growing pains that we all went through. So you guys are lucky now. There's, I mean, the, the support and the help here is amazing. But if you are not getting the help that you need here at EXP, honestly, I'm going to be kind of brutal here. It's because you didn't ask. And that, I think, is the biggest hold back that I see, is people not reaching out, people not asking for help, people not um, connecting with the people that can support you. Even if you don't have a great sponsor, which I hope you all do, there's lots of people here that will help you, even if they haven't sponsored you. You also have an entire organization of you know people where we're all vested in your success. So if you're not getting the help that you need, please ask somebody else. Ask, ask, ask until you get the answers that you need. Somebody will help you. All great points, uh, Marguerite. And yes, I love the love uh, the the you know the honesty sharing. Uh, be brutal. It's uh, it's okay. I think all of our agents need to hear. And, you know, some of these, especially for somebody, you know, you were one of the trailblazers, 1,400 agents when, when you came over. I mean, that was still tiny, right? It was, it was yeah. for, for us at the time, it was becoming huge, but uh, still 1,400 agents, you know, those, uh, that's still not a giant number yet. What, yeah. um, you know, as, because you're, you're, you know, you've been a producer, you're an icon agent with us now. Uh, so, you know, you, you've been in production um, for a long time. But you've also been a coach, a trainer. You're you're a giver. You've always been uh, of that of that mindset, um, attracting agents, attracting to your other companies. What changed? So what, when you came to EXP, obviously it's a different model. But what, you know, tell us about the attraction experience from now you joined EXP. You know what happened? What what happened next? How did you get started? Because that's where a lot of our agents, uh, you know, they ask a question: How do I start? What do I do first? What do I say? Uh, you want to share a little bit about that experience? Well, you know, I think that um, a, a, a little bit is if the word recruiter has become like a nasty word, right? And, and the truth is, is that if any of you are any kind of a salesperson, you've had a situation at some point in your career where somebody was getting their license or somebody was thinking about making a change and they're like, hey, I'd like to get your advice. What should I do? Where should I go? And you're like, oh, come work with me at whatever ABC company I'm at. We've all had that experience. And if you just connect with people and you just help them, you know, there's that famous saying, Zig Ziglar, you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. And so if you just reach out and, and talk to people, but one of the big mistakes that I see that I've made and I see lots of people make is they just throw up on them, right? They, they want to ramble on about everything and you don't necessarily know what is most important to them. So for one agent, it might be agent attraction. For one agent, it might be the commission splits and cap. For another agent, it might be the, the huge training and support opportunities, um, the ability to work from home. Like none of us thought that this pandemic would happen. I mean, two months ago, people were laughing at us, right? And now they're like, whoa, wow, what? Maybe we need to rethink that. I mean, I just got off the phone this morning with a team of six. Um, in the Midwest who are like, look, we always thought we needed bricks and mortar. And guess what? We haven't needed it one bit in the last 60 days. And we've decided that this makes more sense for us now. So give people the opportunity to tell you what they need and what's most important to them and how you can help them. And you'll be amazed. And don't spend a lot of time explaining stuff. Use the tools that you have. Use the webinars that are available to you through here with EXP, and I know Brent has his shares. Um, use those resources and get somebody else to do the heavy lifting for you. Get someone else to help you in your organization or here at EXP. Talk to somebody if they're serious about it. But there's so many resources that every one of you have learned to sell houses, and at some point you didn't sell houses. So there's no, nothing different about selling a company to somebody and look at all the reasons why you're here. Those reasons enough are here to help you attract other agents here to the company. All, all so great. Sam, yep. Great, great points, Marguerite. What, uh, so tell us a little bit about your, your current organization, just so that everybody gets a, a good sense in here too. Uh, how many frontline and how many total organization? I know you mentioned a few hundred in the total. Do you have those numbers handy? 
Yeah, so I have currently 20 on my front line and I have 225 in my entire organization. That's amazing. So I think, you know, the one point I always like to, to get across, 20 agents, you know, that's, that's one I can congratulate you, commend you for that. Um, but what I think a lot of agents think is they hear Brent and they hear Gene and they hear Rob and, you know, those big three and they hear Pat and some of the others with some of these giant organizations. But really, I mean, 20 agents, right? 20 agents, 15 agents, 30 agents. That's not, I mean, if you really think about it, because some of us have been recruiters in our, in our past lives as well, right? Or, or have been exactly. recruiters. I mean, those aren't giant numbers. I mean, if it's done over a period of two and three years, uh, <laughs> it, it boggles my mind. So the agents, I think, get real caught up in the total size of the organization, but it's because it's the ability to scale. Um, so one, again, I, I congratulate you and Joe on the, um, on the group that you guys have built. Uh, love, love hearing about that. What attraction, oh, go ahead, Marguerite. So, so a couple of things to keep in mind, you guys, is yes, it's, it is hard. You know, first of all, I live 10 minutes from Brennan. <laughs> so, um, I live literally down the street from him and he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, and he has, you know, thousands of agents and I have a couple hundred. So it's easy sometimes to get up in my head and feel like I'm not enough or I haven't done enough or I haven't, but you know what? We all have different paths. And we all have different versions of success for each of us. And to be honest with you, I've not done the work that Brent has done. I've worked hard, but I've also have kids I've had to raise and life going on. And, you know, I've been in production and I, I mean, I'm giving a lot of excuses. I'm not saying those are excuses. I'm just saying we're on a different path. And so it has still been incredibly life changing for me in what I have built. And even if you just brought on a couple agents, it could help you make a car payment or, you know, contribute to your kid's college or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, we were able to retire my husband, who's um, who spent 40 years in the mortgage business and has Parkinson's. I'm so grateful for this company that that was an option. And frankly, during this whole pandemic, I could not have been more proud to be with this company because I was able to earn some additional income during this pandemic that did not come in as a direct result from my sales, right? So to be able to see that revenue share coming in, whether I was selling houses or not during one of the most challenging times, uh, was such a breath of fresh air that it wasn't all on me, that we could work together as a team and as a company to help support everybody. It wasn't all up to me. And when I had a brokerage before, it felt like it was all up to me. That it was it was the Marguerite show, and if I didn't show up, it was gonna get ugly. And that's not how it felt with EXP. And this last week during the conference, like I never seen anything like that. I was blown away every day at what happened in that conference. I couldn't even I couldn't even believe it. It was me chills just just thinking about what what we did, what we all did. It wasn't just one person. It wasn't just Brent or Glenn or Jason or Sam. It was all of us contributing to that incredible collaboration that helped support thousands of agents and will continue to impact hundreds of thousands of agents long after the conference was over. It really was amazing. I, I get goosebumps thinking about it too. I mean, even walking into the, to the, um, uh, into the room for the first time and not, not the, the main room, but uh, the, where the booths were. I mean, it, it felt like we were actually there. And it's funny, you touched earlier on how, you know, people, people laughed two months ago, they were still laughing at, at, at us because of our cloud office and they didn't understand the cloud office. Um, and I, I am going to come back and touch on that here in just a second. But even Facebook now, right? Facebook now has avatars. So uh, nobody's laughing at avatars anymore either. No, not at all, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, so speaking of the cloud office, I guess, how, how are you utilizing? Because I think you, you mentioned quite a few tools. You mentioned, you know, being able to work from home, uh, whether it's revenue share, whether it's education, might be healthcare for some. Uh, but talk a little bit about, about the cloud office, because, I mean, as long as you've been here with 1,400 agents when you joined, um, and the cloud continues, our cloud office continues to be enhanced. I know we got some really other cool things that are taking place right now coming soon. Uh, but how, how do you leverage the cloud and, and education as an educator too? Because you're, you're, you're uh, to me, in my eyes anyway, I think you're, you're most known for, again, you're a, you're a powerful speaker, you're a public speaker, coach, trainer. Um, 
how do you utilize the 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 cloud as a, for leverage in your in, in your attraction discussions? Well, you know, there's so much um, there's so much in in here that is available. Like, I mean, I'm just blown away that even right now we're standing here in front of 70 people around the world. Like, I don't know where everybody's from. Maybe you can check in the box, but the cool thing is, is that I don't know that we have the same opportunities to connect with people anywhere else than we do here. Right. And being able to access staff and get to know people. And the funny thing is, is being able to go and to, when we actually do get to go to live in person conferences and see those people, it feels like you've known them forever. Like this is your best friend. Right. And we simply got to know each other via the cloud, but we now have a, we have a personal team suite. So we have quite a few people in our team suite that can go in there and learn classes and type and actually, oh, Nicole's here. She's in my group. Um, and she just joined the XP a couple weeks ago. So excited to see her here. But being able to access the staff, I mean, I'll tell you what, my favorite department is tech support. I don't know about you guys, but going in there now and fix my speakers or my headset or whatever that is. Or tell me I have to plug something in, as Sam and I were talking about earlier. Um, it's pretty incredible to be able to access staff anytime you need them. I mean, just our broker offices are incredible to be able to pop in. Like I was talking with a group today in uh, the Midwest, and I just went into their broker office and I said, "Hey, can you guys help me understand a couple things about your state?" Broker was amazing. And to be able to get a hold of them, reach out to them, get the help and support you need. I mean, also my favorite other place is workplace, right? To be able to go in and workplace message somebody and get what I need. I just, I've never had that kind of support ever in my career. And I'm really inspired by it. I love hearing all that. You, you touched on a point that we were actually really never discussed in these sessions, Marguerite. I'm glad you hit it, uh, which is the, the broker rooms, right? I, I uh, uh, you know, in our in our previous world lives, we used to do the power walk. I remember that walking our uh, prospective agent through your office and introducing them yeah. to other top agents and showing them your different uh, resources and support. And and EXP World, we we can do the same power walk right in here. But but you're right. I think you know taking them over to the broker room. I know that in in the, many of the instances, in fact, every instance that I've taken a prospect over to the broker room, um, that power walk can take place even just within that section alone. <laughs> they can get an hour's worth of information and uh and sharing the, the brokers support the broker support so shout out to the to the state brokers i know i i, I uh you know we we've uh, we've failed to to thank you in the past but thanks for, for bringing that up marguerite no i want to say while you're on that too the best thing you guys can do if you're sponsoring agents the absolute best thing you can do is to give them a world tour is bring them in take them around show them your their brokers show them you know the information desk show them you know show them the beach and the pirate ship show them you know how to get into where they get paid and you know take those few minutes just like you would if you had a bricks and mortar location and show them around the office i mean how many of you if you had a bricks and mortar would say oh just drop by anytime just go in and make yourself at home and wander around you wouldn't do that you say hey meet me there let's go in let's chat you can talk build that relationship like I was just doing a tour before this and I ran into one of my agents in San Diego John Bernasso and I'm like hey John good to see you I got to say hi to him connect with them give your people a tour give show them around agreed definitely it's hard to explain the XP world so I that's the other reason you know when we start talking about avatars and that we that we live in this office in the cloud I even explained it to a six-year-old Marguerite a couple weeks ago and they gave me the weirdest look like they're like I don't understand what the heck you're talking about <laughs> so, so I, I love that for sure Marguerite uh, best practices tips for you know kind of again you're you've got a successful group that you you've grown out through, through numerous states now um, you know what what's working best for you where obviously you've got numerous years experience um, but where where do you start? How who, how do you reach out to people? Who are you reaching out to? Any tips there? Well, I would say first and foremost, reach out to people you know. You know, reach out to people in your local market and get to know them. Like I, I want you guys to relate this a little bit to real estate sales, right? 
Like if you're in real estate sales, you don't walk up to your friend that works at Cobalt Bank or, well, let's just say they work at a different company or any company and immediately start talking about, you know, buying and selling a house to know them. You build a relationship, you have coffee or you, you know, do a Zoom call or you, you know, go out to lunch or, or go out to dinner. You get to know them and you find out what's important in their life. And then you can start to actually approach them about what, how ESP might be a good fit for them. But, you know, when you're selling real estate too, you don't just call all your friends and say, hi, this is Marguerite, Sam, I'm calling to see if you're ready to buy or sell a house. Like, you know, you don't do that. You, you get to know them. And then at some point, the opportunity arises where you can now build that relationship and help them accomplish their goals. So the more relationships you build and the more that you connect with people and the more that you get to know them and how you can help them, that's when you start to really become an influencer and that's when you really can start to change the way things function. But be a leader yourself, lead people and help them. And if you can help them, even if you just talk to an agent on the other end of the deal, it might be like, oh my gosh, Sam, we just closed that deal at 123 Main Street and it was an awesome transaction. You're an amazing agent, right? Like how long have you been in real estate? Tell me a little bit about your business and how does your business work and what do you love about your current broker where you're at? Like have some of those conversations. Those will give you all the answers that you need to help them or not. And timing and circumstance changes everything. How many of you have had a client who said, I'm never selling my house ever. Then two weeks later, all of a sudden they're like, Hey Marguerite, I need you to come talk to me. I'm going through a divorce or my dad died or I got a job relocation or, you know, who knows? Timing and circumstance changes everything. There have been people, I literally talked to an agent yesterday who I have not approached because I'm like, Oh, she'll never leave the company she's at. Never. She was like completely vested in this company. And guess what? She called me and she's like, Hey, I think I'm time to make a change. Like, are you kidding me? Like I would have, I would have never even called her because I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that this particular person was going to make a change. So you just don't know. And that's the value of getting out there and building those relationships and connecting with people. Timing and circumstances change everything. You mentioned the word help a few times in there too. And, and as much as we want to help others, right? We can't help them if you don't ask the questions. You asked some awesome questions right there a moment ago for those of you guys taking notes at home. This is also being recorded too, guys. Uh, so that way we don't have to ask Marguerite to repeat. Uh, go back and listen all, all these sessions. A lot of our sessions have been recorded. Um, so, uh, but, but that is the key. Isn't it all in the questions that we ask and how we ask them and lead them? And, and, you know, the question was asked in, uh, I think yesterday's scripts class was, um, well, w when do I get to start talking about the EXP opportunity? Well, you don't, I, I, I personally feel, I think you'll agree, Marguerite, that they don't, we as agents um, and, and producers, we don't earn that right unless we actually get to know that person and, and ask them those, uh, tell me about yourself questions, right? I agree 100%. I mean, it, it, just take the same types of things that you do to sell real estate in a lot of ways if you're building a relationship business, uh, which I personally have, and relate those same things to agent attraction. What did it take for you to build those relationships in real estate? Now, there are people that cold call and it works for them. For me, myself, I don't. Um, I have no judgment. It's just not my path, but I do. But what have you done to build your relationship business? And the funny thing is in real estate is that if I were to ask all of you to raise your hand right now, where look at your last five transactions and where did they come from? For 99% of the agents, I would say that most of them came from a referral, a repeat client, uh, somebody that they met at a group or something like that. Yet we spend thousands and thousands of dollars on advertising every day, right? Same thing in agent attraction. For any of you who've attracted any agents, where did they come from? For most of you, they came from a direct relationship somehow, someone that you connected with somewhere, somehow. So what are you doing to get out there and build more relationships on a daily basis? I understand right now it's been somewhat of a challenge with pandemic, but what I've seen in the leadership people that I know 
if they've done more Zoom calls, they've done more phone calls, they've done more outreach and connecting with people than they have ever. How are you doing at making calls every day? My goal is to make 20 outbound calls a day. That's my goal every single day. And most days I accomplish that goal. And it might be simply a call to say, hey, how are things? How's things in your world? Is there anything I can help you with? People who are not growing right now have gone and they've gotten depressed. They've buried their head in the sand. They've come up with a million reasons why they can't do whatever it is they have to do. But I promise you, if all of you start today and your goal is just to make, let's just say 10 calls. And your goal is not to call and solicit business. Your goal is to simply call and check in. How are things? What can I do to help you? How's life? If you could do that today and you did it every day for the next 30 days, report back to me and tell me what the results are. I promise you, there's no way you cannot have results. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. If you actually make those calls every single day and write it down, I have a simple little, you can see my super fancy high-end journals that I buy for 50 cents at Walmart. And my assistant's over here laughing because she knows I have a stack of these journals and I simply just scribble in them every day, the calls that I make. Right. If you do that every day, you cannot not be successful. Whatever works, right? I, I think when uh, in the shareholders, uh, one of our one of our sessions uh, with Dave, you know, we were asking about, uh, you know, what, what CRMs people use and everybody started putting it in the chat box and they talked about, I don't know, they threw out like probably 15 of them. And, and I told Dave, I said, I, I see my favorite one. He said, which one? I said, all of them. Because yeah. I, I don't, it doesn't matter which one's the best one. So it's, it's, it's the one you're going to use, which actually leads us into that, that next uh, part of the discussion. Because you talked about um, even your, your goal is 20, but if their goal is 10, their goal, whatever their goal is, as important as it is to make those uh, uh, initial discussions or check-in calls, the follow-up is also just as key, right? Not one time. And, uh, you know, I called that person two years ago. Um, but so how do you, is it, do you track the same way in that, in the same journals? Um, what, what is your, and again, whether it is, that's okay. What is your follow-up strategy? So I do have a database. It's the most valuable thing that I own and I've had one my whole career. I actually go into, I use one called all clients. It doesn't really matter which one you use. Again, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just something that you can keep notes in, right? Something you can go back and make little notes. But I do have a database that reminds me of who I need to call. And then I simply use my journal to track who I'm calling that day. And it may say everything. If you guys could see one of my journals, you'd probably laugh because it'll say, uh, I called Sam, he's an ESP agent. I called John, he works at KW. I called my sister Sally, I'm talking to her. Well, my sister's not named. But I called my sister and just talk to her today to say hi. She counted in one of my calls because I talked to her, right? Um, and sometimes you guys have to start with people that you know that love you, right? So call your mom. Your mom's probably gonna say nice things to you, hopefully, right? Call your mom, call your best friend, and then pop on and make some other random calls that are just calling to check in. But make the call. Maybe your calls are to your escrow people or your title people or your lender. Obviously, you need to make some calls that are gonna be generating business. But for some of you, you're having trouble picking up that 500 pound phone to call anybody. So start by calling people that make you feel good and then dig into the rest of your calls. I was sitting the other day with my assistants and I made a call and they're like, oh yeah, we're ready to sell our home. I was like, all right. <laughs> You know, I mean, I wasn't even, that wasn't even on my agenda that day, but if you do the work, the results will follow. Great, great tip. And, and if your mom is hanging up on you, you have a scripts uh, issue. So come, come to our classes. <laughs> Shame, shameless plug for the scripts class. Um, so Marguerite, we got a few more minutes. We are going to open up for some Q and A guys in a, in a moment. I'm sure you're going to have the great questions for, for Marguerite. Um, feel free, you guys can, I should have mentioned this to begin with, pop them into the chat box if you'd like. Uh, we'll open up some mics um, here in just a moment. But, uh, you know, Margaret, I, I know we've talked about kind of, you know, life changing, um, you know, kind of your your path through your real estate career and, and kind of, again, the ups and the downs because we've all went through the, the tough uh, tough market as well uh, for those of us who did go through that the last recession. Um, dealing with the pandemic today, 
you, you did touch on it a bit earlier, but I, I, if you don't mind expanding a little bit further on, you know, how EXP, we, we talk about EXP changing lives, um, you know, how, how, how else has that helped you and your family or even, even talking about some of the, maybe even people in, within your organization, any of those success stories? Well, I'll tell you for me, like I said, it's been a huge, huge, the revenue share that I earn every month pays my mortgage, my cars, my, well, it pays just about everything, honestly. And honestly, when I, when this whole pandemic started, I will not lie, the first week or two, I, I got a little bit in panic mode and I started to think, okay, how long is this going to last? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? And I started looking at, okay, well, worst case scenario, I could sell my stock. And if I, and I've been able to accumulate quite a bit of stock over the last three and a half years, which is another game changer. I could sell that stock and I could survive for quite a while if I needed to. But just even another agent locally here, she was able to actually pay for food last month because she was concerned about whether she was going to be able to pay for food with her revenue share check. So, you know, that is, I don't even know, it, may, it makes me want to cry just thinking about how that option and that opportunity is available for all of you. Even if you just attract multiple agents, just get a little bit of extra money, could that money go into a savings account to be able to um, build a retirement or a future. You know, I spent, as I said, 22 years in the real estate industry, and when we shut down our brokerage, we had nothing. Not only did we have nothing, but we were several hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I'm 56 years old. My husband is 67 with Parkinson's. I didn't have a whole lot of options. I had to go figure it out. And we had no retirement. We'd blown through all of our retirement. We had absolutely nothing. And now we actually have a little bit of money coming in every month that can help us feel safe and secure. And if any of you guys have not seen the napkin presentation by Jean Frederick, I encourage you to go look at it because here's the reality. Just to be able to pay your monthly bills, you would have to, in order to have $10,000 a month coming in, to where you could pay your bills, which $10,000, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's not a lot anymore. And $10,000 a month, you would have to save $2.4 million to be able to have $10,000 a month coming in at 4% interest. 0.4 million. How many of you have 2.4 million in the bank? I'm not even gonna ask you to raise your hand. How many of you could even save 2.4 million in the next couple of years? Yet I have 225 agents now that I've built and helped over the last three years. And that is earning me about $10,000 plus a month. I don't have $2.4 million in the bank. That's the power of revenue share. And that's the power of the opportunity that you guys have in front of you. And even if you just add a couple agents a year, imagine what you can do in the next five years. Just imagine. And you have all the resources and help at your fingertips to do it. I appreciate you sharing, Marguerite. That's, that's awesome to hear. Love, love hearing all these. I mean, I get, every one of these sessions give me goosebumps. Uh, but, and that's why we, you know, we, we also rebranded this class. We didn't want it to be about revenue share because it's, it's like selling real estate. Selling real estate, you get into the business. Yes, it's a, it's a living, it's a career. But if you're helping, as you mentioned it earlier, right, Zig Ziglar, if you help enough people get what they want, you're going to get what you want. And, and you're exactly right. Introducing this opportunity to just even two people. I mean, right now we've got our, our two in 20 workplace group. You know, reach out for help. If we can help you introduce two agents, just two agents. We, you know, one of those agents might be the next Brent Gove, right? I mean, isn't that funny how that works? Is all it takes is one person, and and from there, how the ability of how it scales. You talked about Margarita. You know, some of us have had our own offices. It's hard to get to 100 agents. Um, some, you know, some of those who who have reached 100 and larger. That's I mean, you know, pat them on the back. That's a that's a, an accomplishment for sure. But being able to scale the way some of these people have in a matter of even some months, some a year, two years here at the company, and now they're, they're being able to do hundreds of agents rather than the hundred agents maybe they had previously. Um, that's where life changes. It's, uh, you know, when you don't have to put in the time and the energy of, you talked about too, owning, owning your own brokerage um, and wanting it more. I think a lot of us are in those positions, we want, it, we want success more for our agents than they themselves want it. 
Um, in this model, without the risk, responsibility, and liability, we get to go out and, and do what we do best, what we love to do, and introduce and be rewarded for such an awesome opportunity here. Absolutely. So let me share one little story with you guys. It's actually on the real estate side versus revenue share, same thing. So I met a gal in 1997 named Linda Buckmaster, who was a grandmother and was trying to buy her first home, a HUD home. The HUD home was $50,000 and all she wanted was a place where she could raise her grandkids and not worry about getting kicked out. So Linda bought a $50,000 HUD home for me in 1997. She referred eight people to me, buy and sell homes, who referred people, who referred people, who referred people, who referred people, to the tune of eight levels deep, 65 referrals, and over $300,000 in commissions over the 20 years. That doesn't even include the seven homes she bought and sold through me over the years. That is the power of revenue share. That's the exact same thing we have, an opportunity we have in revenue share, and that was in real estate. Sold her $50,000 had home. The commission was $1,500 before broker splits. That's the power that we have. You have that power in real estate, and you have that power in revenue share. So over 20 years, imagine 20 years from now what you could have in revenue share. We're going to a million agents, no doubt in my mind. And maybe you don't want to have, maybe you don't want to sell 500 homes a year. What if you just did 20 or 30? What if you did 10? What if you just attracted two to three to four agents a year over the next 20 years? Can you imagine? I mean, just, I can't even wrap my head around it. Can you imagine what that would look like? So you all have that same opportunity. Every single one of you have that same opportunity. And it's up to you what you do with it right? It's completely up to you. You have that power within you, completely 100% up to you. That's, that's awesome, Margaret. And it's funny how, you know, you just get that, that little taste, you know, we hear about agents, you know, how excited they are. And, and, I, and I love these stories too, when they do get enough that they can cover their car payment that month, when they get enough, when, when they're earning enough to cover their mortgage. I mean, that's, I don't know, you, you, you tell me of another real estate company that's paying their agents mortgages. I, I don't know it. Um, you know, investment property, putting kids through college, uh, the dollars and savings in the agent healthcare. I mean, we can go on and on. It, it's just, it's such an exciting time. Uh, exciting to, to be here with EXP. And, and again, you touched earlier, Marguerite, that's why our agents get so excited because there's so many really cool things, but containing that excitement just enough to spend the time, make it all about them, ask them those key questions, and then be able to present the solution, be, like you said, help them, uh, but be that solution once we, once we learn enough about them that we know and they've also self-discovered where they need help. Because you can't go in and tell somebody they need help. Uh, we all know that this, this company provides more opportunity than, than other companies. But to tell them that, they, they don't want to hear that. That's why they're at that company that they're at. They already think they're in the, in the best place. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the best thing you can do too is say, hey, what do you love about your company? What do you love that is there? What is it you love the most? Then say, what is it that doesn't work for you? Now let them tell you, right? Some might say, you know, look, my broker, I've known them for 30 years and they're getting ready to retire and I just don't, I don't want to leave them in a lurch. I feel loyal. Awesome. Hey, is there a way we can sit down and talk with your broker and actually help your broker create a retirement plan for themselves? That's something you and your broker would be open to looking at? Right? So that's something you can look at or, oh, you know, my broker helped me do this. My broker helped me do that. Or, oh, I have to have an office. Like I've heard that a million times. Everybody's rethinking that right now, aren't they? Right. Right? Yep. Like I absolutely have to have an office, right? I'm like, okay, I remember having an office, you guys. I had a 5,000 square foot office with 120 agents. And on the best day, I would have 20 agents in there. On the busiest day, 20. 5,000 square feet for 20 agents. They never they come in. We don't go into offices. We work from home. We meet up at a Starbucks. We go to a, you know, a, a, a escrow office or loan office. And people say, well, I need the collaboration. I get more collaboration in here with people around the world than I ever got in a bricks and mortar location where I actually ran the show. Yep, that's very so, true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's open up for some Q&A. Um, guys, we got about uh, 11 minutes remaining. 
So uh, feel free to either open up your mic if you have a, a question for Marguerite. P, uh, I don't see anything yet in the chat box unless I missed anything. Uh, but this is your chance to ask one of our icon agents and uh, top attractors here in the company. Let's see, we got some typing right now. Robert, you got a question? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I've just got started with real estate, so uh, I'm transitioning from a company I work with now. And um, being that, and I just want to get some advice on this, being that I'm a new agent, and right now we're working on trying to get our first deal under contract, me and uh, Team Bjorkman, where I signed up at. Um, would you say that this is still like a good time to start to recruit? I mean, should it? Is there a time frame from coming into the business where you feel it holds more weight to have, you know, some experience or sales under your belt before you start to recruit, or you think that this is something that you can do immediately? There's never a bad time, never. And right now, when you're so excited about real estate and what you're learning and all the opportunity you have, and you're on a great team, by the way, I love Mike. Um, you have, so, I mean, you have an awesome uh, sponsor and mentor in your group and you don't, the less you say, the better. I mean, Rob Flick was a perfect example. He hasn't sold real estate in 25 years. I'm not sure he could ever even write a contract. I say that with love and respect for him. He didn't even, he wouldn't even know what to do. And he literally just said, Hey, will you take a look at this model? I'm curious. So what you could simply do is the same thing. I'm curious, I just joined this company and I would love to get your opinion on it. Do agent, I have a ton of respect for you, Bob Smith or whoever you are. And I, would you just give me your opinion? That's all you have to do. And then let Mike or Dave or anybody else in your group do the rest of the work for you. But no, there's never a bad time. All problems can be solved by recruiting. Okay, thank you. All the problems can be solved by selling houses and attracting agents. Never a bad time. Great question. Love it. Uh, uh, so, what, let's see, somebody asked, have any of your kids become realtors? Um, yes, one of my sons and my daughter in law who's sitting here now are working on getting their license. I also have a son in El Paso, Texas, Joey Crispillo Jr., who uh, was doing real estate, now he's doing loans. His wife, Veronica, who's with EXP is an awesome agent in El Paso, Texas. Awesome. Uh, Ray's got a question. How do you open up the conversation to agents when, when cold calling them? Okay, so for me personally, I don't, I don't cold call. Uh, so I'm not sure how I would answer that question. Uh, if anything, I would call agents that I want to get to know to build a relationship with them before I would just call them. I know there are people who are doing an extraordinary job at cold calling and it does work. Um, I just, I'm not the one, I don't know the answer to that one. And, and just to kind of maybe to, to clarify a little bit further on that too, uh, you know, the company doesn't want our agents to just be cold calling into markets, uh, especially, out, uh, you know, markets that you're not even in and just trying to call in and say, hey, have you heard about EXP? And, and they're going into a sales pitch. Uh, that part is not acceptable. Um, but what is acceptable is like Marguerite is saying is you've got to build a relationship. And again, if, you, if it's somebody you want to be in relationship with, um, you do, it, is, it is cold, but you, do, you can't just come in and come right in and start talking about EXP. Uh, I mentioned earlier, again, you, you haven't earned that right. You, if you don't make it about them, they don't care. Nobody, nobody wants to be sold anything. Uh, you guys tell me if you like that, tell, that uh, those phone calls are coming at 8 o'clock trying to sell you whatever insurance or, or something. Um, nobody wants that. So, and again, the EXPs. Best practices pledge. Again, we don't want our agents just, you know, mass emails are not allowed, mass text messages, uh, you know, cold calls of, you know, very, very sales type uh, uh, cold calls to try to sell EXP. It's, uh, it, it's all about the relationship. Um, Rebecca, you talked about REO. So I was, uh, I sold about 4,000 homes. I did a ton of REO and I had a lot of um, similar situations, right? Because when you're selling REO, all the agents hated you because you had all the inventory, the asset managers were kind of jerks and all the consumers were mad because you were kicking them out of their house. So it was kind of a negative environment. But I'll tell you, I built some incredible national relationships and several of those agents are now with me here at EXP. And so in the REO arena, I, I didn't do a whole lot in my backyard out of the gate. I mostly reached out to 
all around the country. Like I have my, my good friend Cindy Blackwood, who's out in uh, Little Rock, her husband Steve, I met in, at an REO conference. Um, so I just reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, I, I just would love to get your opinion, you know, how's business? And so several of those REO agents did come to me. You said in your local agent area, you only have about 60 agents. So I would just reach out to your neighboring board. I mean, I don't call people that were mean and nasty to me or I don't like them, but I don't honestly want to be in business with them. So I, I wouldn't call them. I would call people that I have respect for or that I like or I've done a deal with and they've been nice. Um, those are the types of people that I reach out to. I don't really reach out to the people who have uh, been jealous or mean. Um, Robert asked, how long have I been with EXP? Three and a half years. Um, how long did it take me? Well, I will tell you that real estate as a whole has a natural, um, what's the word? We, agents come and go. 40% of the agents turn over on a regular basis, just in general, in the industry as a whole. Um, the average agent gets into the business, pisses off all their family and friends, and then gets out, right? <laughs> um, and I say that jokingly, but it's somewhat true. So I've actually brought on a total of 60. Um, I have 20 left, so I've had 40 um, on my front line. And I'll tell you why some left. In the beginning, I think I tried to attract the wrong types of agents because I didn't really know. So I attracted people who weren't really doing much business or weren't doing anything. Um, and some of those in the beginning, the first year was a bit rough here as we were transitioning with ESP. So some left because of that. Um, other companies are hitting hard and recruiting people. Um, but over three and a half years, I've attracted a total of 60. I have 20 left on my front line. Um, and I'm saying that because that's the good, bad, and ugly, right? Agents come and go. And it happens in the real estate industry as a whole. If you look at your market, you know, I'm in California. So at the top of the market, we had 420,000 licenses here in the state. And now we're down to 200 and something give up. They realize that it's a little bit harder than just putting a sign in the yard. And they think, oh, all they have to do is put a sign in the yard and the house will sell. And when they realize it takes a bit more work, anybody can sell a house, not anybody can close a house, right? And when they start realizing that, then they struggle. Um, so agents come and go. Agents also are not notoriously not good at asking for help, or they come in one time and they don't get the answer they want, or they struggle with tech issues. You know, I love agents who are like, well, I'm not techie. Well, somewhere along the line, you guys learned how to use a cell phone. Somewhere along the line, you learned how to uh, manage and handle email. Somehow along the line, you learned how to manage your MLS. Figured it out because it was important to you, right? Um, and when it's important to you, you'll figure it out. But agents come and go. And so you have to keep that in mind, and you have to always be working to attract agents. That's a, that's a uh, good yeah, analogy. I like that. Yes, they're all FLQAs. I have 28 total, um, 20 FLQAs. Good, good stuff, Marguerite. Uh, we got time for about one more question or so. I think uh, I got another one typing. Or guys, also feel free to open up your mics. Um, one question. This is Robert again. How does boundaries work, like state to state wise? Is it something that you can can you only recruit in your state, or can you bring people on from other states? No, that's the beauty of EXP. You can bring on anybody anywhere that we're working. Um, we're active in all 50 states right now. We're active in Canada. Uh, not quite sure how Australia and the UK work, but anywhere that um, we're open, you can attract agents. I have agents in, I think, 19 states right now. So I have agents all over the country. That's what I love most about this company. Yeah, no, no restrictions whatsoever, you know, and, 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 you know, one of the key questions I, that I think some, some agents maybe fail to ask, um, one of my favorites to ask is, do you have multiple state licenses? Because if you do, we're one company across the entire North America. So uh, if they have a license in California and Colorado and Florida, guess what? It's one set of fees, one cap still. That, that's <laughs> unusual. There is no other, you know, we're the, we're the largest company by, by uh, geography. And we're now also the, the number one company, uh, independent company by uh, close units and close volume. Yeah, so, it's crazy. It's good stuff. crazy. And they say we don't sell real estate. Right. Yeah, that's that's the that's the funny one. We did 130,000 plus transactions last year, and we're first quarter we're already pacing to to beat 
beat uh, beat 2019 yet again year after year. So lots lots of great stuff. Uh, we've got about less less than a minute, uh, Margaret, and maybe any closing closing thoughts. So before we wrap up. I think the only thing that I would say is, first of all, you have the opportunity to build any version of success that works for you. And I encourage you to really focus on what your version is and don't compare yourself to anyone else, right? Because they don't know, you don't know what we went through to get where we are and we don't know what you're going through to get where you are. Um, what kind of work you put in or, or what has happened in your life, you know, that has held you back for any reason. So just make sure that you build your own version of success, no one else's. Awesome stuff, Marguerite. It's been such a pleasure, such an honor to have you here joining us today. Uh, we appreciate all, all the, the tidbits that you've shared. You're sharing your story. Uh, Marguerite, it is a tradition that we dance our way out of here. So if you're ready to F7, I am, uh, and we will dance our way out the door. So appreciate it again, everything, and round of applause for Marguerite. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You ready to dance? <laughs> Good stuff, everybody. We'll look forward to uh, seeing everybody again at the next uh, next week's sessions. Uh, we've got, uh, I think they're up on the screens behind me as well, uh, Scripps classes every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Chris Baer does his Growth Champions class at 11 a.m. Pacific. And every Wednesday, we do this Rev Up class. Uh, next week's special guest, DM, I think we've got Rich Tomasini. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. So uh, mark your calendars, guys, and I uh, will post this video. I actually had, was able to get it via Zoom, so we'll post this uh, a little bit later today, hopefully. Thanks, Marguerite. Appreciate everything. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. And that is a wrap on another episode of Hive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and give this episode a thumbs up if you like what you heard, and remember to subscribe for future episodes. You can also catch some highlights and other EXP news and industry buzz on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts.